You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And today I have the pleasure of having Randy Hartman talking some bills, some bills, wildcard truck bill. Randy, thank you so much for joining us today. From it seems from one bills drive today we're talking. I was just hearing from Sean McDermott, and now you just showed up from the podium. Welcome, man. Hey, how's it going? Awesome, awesome. Oh, uh, glad to have you back in the show and a lot of stuff to talk about. And Bill's Mafia, join us. You feel free to comment on the, the chat and interact with us. Uh, this episode is, will, will also be able, uh, available on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the podcast aggregators. So, uh, Randy, I'm really curious to talk to start talking uh, about the to put the regular season behind us, right? And to talk uh, to a little bit about uh, those last few games, those this this Bills win streak and how the Bills uh, were able to figure it out and win five games in a row, get in the playoffs, win the division against the, the favorite Dolphins with all the advantage in the world that they couldn't um, they couldn't hold hold on that uh, division divisional title. So, how do you see this team? So far, and entering the playoffs in uh, on a run, how confident are you with this Bills team? Well, I mean, going into the playoffs, I'm really confident. Um, it's you're talking about. It's been a, a tale of two seasons for us so far, and now we're getting into the third season. So, uh, you know, the first, you know, before the bye, basically the first, you know, uh, I guess two thirds of the season, um, they were one way, and then. The buy and the article came out, and they went on a tear. They went on a five-game run, um, and now we're in the playoffs, and we're the number two seed, and we got a home playoff game against the seven, and uh, it couldn't have really set up any better for us, I think. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to look past Pittsburgh, but for all intents and purposes, we should be able to beat them and then move on to the next round, and, uh, you know, then it'll be, you know, a more competitive game, but it, the, the draw sets up very well. And I'm confident that this team is kind of getting hot at the right time. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, me too. Um, I haven't been so high anymore on getting the divisional title, you know, or even on home games because I felt on previous years, I felt like the Bills, the lack of a consistent running game and some offensive line struggles kind of made the Bills suffer more with that cold weather, snow stuff, or even the strong winds. But this season, we've seen a, a, more, a more physical team, a more physical Bills team with the offensive line being able to establish the run game to, to impose themselves against other opponents. Obviously, it's going to be a, a huge fight against these Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a physical team as well. So looking forward to, to watching this battle on the trenches. But I feel more confident. I feel like this year was uh, a good year to win the division, to have a, a home advantage during the playoffs and to be able to, to just like you, you said, to get a, a nice drawing in the playoffs. I feel like the Bills are in a good position to take advance, advantage of that, right? And another thing that I want to still talk to you, it's been a long time since our last, uh, or, or since your last participation, not so long, but... I believe the last time we talked about it here on the show, uh, I, I feel pretty confident that we weren't so high on Sean McDermott at that point, or at least we weren't so we weren't so happy with the way he was carrying himself and his team and dealing with all this stuff, and especially with the results. Um, I've 
all, I also feel pretty confident that I've seen a lot of uh, growth from him and a lot of good adjustments, a lot of uh, changes that that I was really looking forward to seeing from him for a long time now. And, and I feel like I could see some of that happening in those five games. How How's your opinion about how Coach McDermott has dealt with the criticism with, uh, as him? Even himself said it was maybe the darkest time as a Bills coach for him, dealing with the Ty Dunn's article, all the all the the noise in the media about his coaching situation and his seat being a little bit warm, and then this this stretch with five wins and and especially with some wins, with him being the position that he struggled the most. Uh, dealing with late game situations, the, the defense needing to close out games. And we could see a change in his behavior in the way he called this defense, in, in the way he dealt with these situations. How do you feel about Coach McDermott? The adjustment so far and going forward, entering maybe the the most important part, right? Because if he can't do that, just like he did against the Chiefs and against um, uh, in, in other games also, against the Dolphins as well, uh, he was more aggressive closing out games. He going to be able to do that in the playoffs as well, right? Yeah, and I mean, again, you're talking about a tale of two seasons. I mean, for the first the first half of the year, you know, after the bye, I mean, you, you couldn't be too pleased with the job that he was doing, even though it's admirable the the way that they filled in the, the holes in the defense because of injuries, and I totally respect that. But it was still a lot of the same kind of flaws showing in his, his game coaching-wise. And then that article hit and, you know, credit to him for doing some self-scouting and really kind of, I, I think, trying to uh, mend the, the holes in his game. And the team rallied around him and they rattled off these five straight, hopefully four more. And, uh, you know, I, I admire the job that he's done the second half of this season. Really, I do, because it would have been easy to kind of go into a shell and, and say, poor me. But, uh, you know, he didn't do that. And, um you know, I, I think that he's in a good spot going into the playoffs. I didn't like the way that he called Josh out at halftime the other week. Um, I thought that was a little bit of a, a peek into the old McDermott that was referenced in the article. Um, but aside from that, I think he's done a great job this, these last five games, and uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, man, it's awesome that you mentioned that. I, I see it as, uh, as you do, despite a lot of people – not being big on that, I, I feel like thought it was totally unnecessary to do, especially through the media. And, and I also understand that he was uh, maybe a bit of a hothead at that moment with during the game and just was was caught by the reporter and, and spilled it out, right? But still, he's the head coach. He should know better that he should just give any kind of vanilla answer there and, and deal with his own quarterback and or his offensive coordinator or whoever he wanted to to address that situation directly to them and not he's the, media, he's the right? king of the generic non-answer and then all of a sudden yeah. at half time all of a sudden at halftime he decides to get direct and specific about pointing you know direct, right at his franchise quarterback and i just thought that was you know, exactly. I mean, he, I, I, I've never seen right. him. Yeah, but you don't put that out on national TV, and that was the whole exactly. point. Exactly, exactly. A lot of people, I tweeted about it, and a lot of people were like, he didn't lie, he was right. And I was like, okay, he could be right, and, and no problem. But he wasn't right to tell the reporter, because the reporter wouldn't help him. The reporter wouldn't get to Josh and tell Josh, look, Josh, you shouldn't have done that. And Josh would be, oh, now the reporter is telling me I'm going to change. No, it's it's never happening. And you can even cause some problems with your franchise quarterback or, or the player that you, you address that way. Um, and also, you after the 13 seconds, we remember how he addressed the media and how he was... Uh, obviously hiding stuff and he wasn't never was open about what happened who called the defense and who who asked the players to to drop on the coverage like 15 yards play soft zone coverage and stuff and they never addressed that they kept it in house so solve your problems in the locker room tell your quarterback or whoever you want to address behind the the the, uh, the doors right not 
uh, in front of the media, in front of all the country. And I agree with you. But just like you said, maybe it's natural. Maybe that's something he got a fight against. And, and the same thing can be said about his, his, his posture when he's on those pressure situations and, and needing to win the game with the defense. And he's like, oh, I can't give up the big play and I need to be sure that I, we won't uh, give up a touchdown. And he even used it to give other teams game time field goals just to avoid the touchdown you know and we saw a little bit of change he might um he might be really fighting against those those fears you know but he's been able to fight them and it's it's really promising in my opinion and i i felt like even against the chiefs that's it, that play that that came back thankfully where where the chiefs scored a touchdown and, and tony was lined up wrongly and it was a, a foul I feel like he was rewarded for being brave, for being courageous, you know, and, and his aggressiveness, it, he, it was rewarded uh, with that situation not not resulting in a game-winning touchdown. Because if that did, it maybe it would be awful for the Bills, right? So he started to gain confidence. He started to put his players in position. That's the big thing. When he played prevent or big-time prevent and soft coverage, Late in games, he wasn't put, putting his players in position to make play, plays for him. How could Levi Wallace or, or anybody else make a play on Travis Kelsey on that 13 seconds if he was lining up 15 yards uh, away from Kelsey, right? And it was a quick pass with all the advantage in the world for the tight end. So I feel like he's trusting more his players. He's risking more and it's being re rewarded recently. And now the playoffs is, are just ahead. As critical as I've been from Mac, uh, about McDermott this season, I always said, look, he still has this season. He still has maybe the playoffs to 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 change. Not Fernando Shimudi way of viewing, but everybody else and, and everybody was fearing for the worst with him, right? And it seems like he's going the right direction and, and, and fixing stuff. And even in his... His interviews, I, I see a more, a more, um, how could I put that? I feel like he's more easygoing, a little bit more calm and, and not so, sometimes if it felt a little bit like an arrogancy, you know, but no, he's very humble right now, talking to the media and addressing them. It, yeah, I feel I like that article humbled him down, you know? Yeah, I think that's a direct result of some of the criticism in that article and him mm -hmm. looking in the mirror and being like, you know, maybe I do need to loosen up a little bit. Maybe I do need to try and relate a little bit more to some of these guys, you know? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. and especially in such a high pressure job, I mean, being a head coach in the NFL is a tremendous job. It's 100% pressure all the time. So, like, I totally get where he would kind of insulate himself, um, you know, to try and keep out as much of the noise as possible. But then sometimes, and, and again, the, the point of the article, you can debate that, you know, whichever side you fall on it. But I think some of those some of those criticisms, he kind of touched home for him and he decided to make a change. And credit to him for doing that, because not everyone can do that. And he has so far. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a credit to him. So I, you know, I was asked last night what I would give him for a grade for the season. And I think right now it's a C uh, just based on the front half and the back half combined. But there is a opportunity for him, you know, to close this thing out and to really cement uh, kind of a storybook season, uh, good and bad. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's like I said, it's it's going to be some of the most fun playoffs we've seen in a while. I think uh, it's set up very well, and I'm excited. Yeah, man, it's a, definitely a testament of his character that he he felt like it was attacked. I I personally didn't think it was like an attack to his character that article because there were some players out there telling how awesome of a man of a character he is and 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 how he cares about the bills winning and it wasn't only criticism right i feel like a lot of people didn't even read the article and were like calling it out but he felt that way yeah, Change. I didn't view it as a as a character assassination piece or anything like that. Like a lot of people were going really extreme and saying that it was a you know some sort of a character hit piece, and I didn't I didn't view it that way at all. Mm -hmm. I thought most of it was 
revolved around like his uh, his approach and some of the contradictions that you know that he might and it's not like something he was voluntarily or that he was consciously doing it was like his natural inclination was to drift in a certain direction and you know it came across a way that he didn't understand and look i i get that you know i mean everybody i think uh, might come across a way sometimes that they don't intend it's just that in his job you know it's amplified a lot so i didn't view it uh, in the same way that a lot of people did but irregardless uh, you know, the players reacted to it and and so is the coach and it's all been for the, for the better. So whether he meant to or not, Ty Dunn did us a, a great service in releasing that article at the time he did. Yeah, there were people criticizing him for, for releasing that article at that point. And I remember telling people about it like, look, if there is an impact to be, to be made by this article, it, it's going to be positive because if players disagree and if players feel like they were attacked or his head coach were attacked and and they still play for their head coach, they wanna they wanna they will need to answer to this article on the field. There's there is no other place to give an answer, right? And yeah. they've done that and, and huge and for, props for, for them. For a coach that uses bulletin board material at any opportunity, I mean, what more could you ask for? It. Knowing that the team rallied around him the way they did, I mean, it would be one thing if that came out and and all of his teammates were like, or all the all the, the guys on the team were like, oh yeah, well this this article is 100 right. He'd be saying, oh shit, but he didn't because they all rallied around him. So now he's like, yeah, he's like, I got this, I got my whole squad behind me, and you know we're we're all playing for each other. This whole one voice, one you know one team mantra thing, and it's all it's kind of coming together at the right time. Uh, so again. You know, I don't think it was his intention, but Ty Dunn, uh, he kind of stirred something up in, in a good way. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sure. Bills Mafia, hit that like button, subscribe to Buffalo Rumble's channel. And so, Randy, a lot of people already commenting here in the chat. Uh, King21, go Bills. Good luck with Pittsburgh Sunday. Thank you so much. We hope, we hope all the luck. We, we wish all the luck to the Buffalo Bills. And Cristiano Estolano, hello, guys. Any concern about the weather? Yeah, the weather forecast for this game is a little bit worrisome. It's not Kansas City-like, but <laughs> it's uh problematic how are you uh, in this situation Randy? how do i view the weather well i look at it from the perspective of who do we have under center versus who do they have under center you know uh we have arguably the best player in the league uh one of the top quarterbacks in the league one of the biggest physical freaks in the league uh as well as one of the best offensive lines in the league um so even if the passing game is diminished due to the weather. We still have a thousand yard rusher, the best rushing quarterback in the league from a physical standpoint and a top tier offensive line. So am I concerned about it slightly, but uh, not really because on the other side, they have a big plotting running back in Najee Harris and they got Mason Rudolph who is in no way, shape or form anything close to what Josh Allen brings. So uh, is it a concern? A minor one, but it's not that much of a concern. Yeah, man. I, I, every time I, I see those weather forecasts for this kind of game, I I kind of wish uh, we were playing on maybe on a dome or in a dome or, or a bad weather because 
I feel like, okay, maybe we won't be able to see the best version of Josh Allen out there uh, playing his best game of his career and things like that. But when we start to look to the opponent side and how much more this weather will impact their way, right? The, the way they play. Uh, just remember the, that windstorm game against the Patriots and how Josh could throw the ball. Mac Jones couldn't throw the ball. They weren't throwing the ball at all, right? And and so just like you said, Mason Rudolph will have way more uh, of a, a hard time with dealing with all of that than Josh. And even looking at the the Cowboys game or 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 the Patriots game when Josh didn't play so well against the Patriots throwing the ball, we could see Josh impacting the game, impacting the running game, running the ball himself, being a distraction on, on some of those zone zone read plays or even just handing the ball off and faking it, right? And 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 the defense need to pay attention to him, need to pay attention all the time to him. So I feel like Josh can impact the game, even not throwing the ball well, he still can impact the game in a lot of ways, right? With his legs, with uh, obviously his can off an arm when needed. And I don't feel like the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers will be able to have the regular offense uh, playing well out there in those kind of situations. They will need to run the ball, and if the Bills can make can stop them, uh, they will be in a big-time trouble, right? So I really feel at the end of the day the advantage is Bills. Even if the Bills are not playing at 100%, they are playing at 70%, the other team will be playing at 30% maybe on offense, right? So sure. I, I feel like... In Pittsburgh, I mean, really, if you look at the last, you know, the last month or so, once Rudolph uh, kind of took over... Um, you know, a lot of times they, they get big plays from either deep shots or like crossing routes that either Pickens or Deontay Johnson takes deep. And, you know, in a, in a weather game and against this defense, I just don't see that uh, being something that they can really rely on to keep pace with with this team and what we bring to the table, especially with T.J. Watt out. I mean, Highsmith is a great player. I get it. You know, they, they have some good players on defense, but um, and Fitzpatrick is always one that you got to, you know, keep an eye out for in the, in the secondary and Joey Porter Jr. And I mean, like we know, we know their guys, um, but I, I just don't see them being able to go blow for blow with this team uh, in a high scoring game or even in a, in a grinded out type game. I mean, they just don't have the, the versatility to keep the defense on its heels as much as, as much as we do. So, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, I remember in the preseason, we faced the, the Steelers, right? And it looked like uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were up and coming because obviously preseason is sometimes fools gold. And, and, but for one drive or for a couple of drives, it seemed like, okay, it seems like Kenny Pickett is ready to, to play well and to at least be a, a kind of an elite game manager, putting the ball in the hands of the guys who can make plays. They have some nice wide receivers out there and they have some weapons and the G Harris on the backfield, just like you said. And it felt like, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers are up and coming and fast forward to, to 2024, the Bills facing them. How far from this assessment are we right now, Randy, with Pickett not even playing anymore? Well, you know, the preseason is a liar and, uh, <laughs> you know, not having your, not having your, your starting quarterback obviously is, is a factor. You know, you can't ignore the fact that, you know, Kenny Pickett may not set the world on fire, but he's definitely better than Mason Rudolph. And there's a reason why they brought in Mitch Trubisky this off or last off season as a, as the backup. So, um, you know, Pittsburgh looked good in the preseason. It's a long season. That was a long time ago. It's a totally different team on both sides of the ball now. And uh, I mean, we're better flat out. We're the better team. We should win the game. Yeah, man, I agree 100%. And still talking about the Steelers, one of the things that I felt like after the game or when the Bills were winning the game against the Dolphins, I, I really wanted that win because obviously winning the division, especially against the Dolphins and with all the trash talk, or I, I won't even call it trash talk because I feel like the Miami Dolphins fans really felt that way. Like they weren't talking trash. They were really feeling like they were better or that Tua is better than Josh and this kind of nonsense, in my opinion, right? But 
they were feeling and talking a lot of trash to to all bills mafia and then they, they they just allowed the bills to come back and win the division so i wanted it really bad badly and the bills could do that but one of the lights of that winning that game in my opinion was like i felt less worried about playing the dolphins again than playing the pittsburgh steelers you know and i felt that way because for some some reasons but just like i told you i feel like the, the pittsburgh Steelers are they play a brand of physical football that the bills sometimes struggle against or or that make things tougher for our offensive line and and i feel also like mike tomlin my goodness what what about this guy because every year it seems like oh that's the year mike tomlin is gonna have a a losing record and and he finds a way to turn it around and he, he ends making the playoffs man so yet again mike tomlin could keep his uh winning seasons streak going right so i really feared pittsburgh more than miami even though i believe we are better than both uh how do you feel about this situation with facing the steelers instead of miami uh am i maybe disrespecting miami too much and thinking that the steelers could be more dangerous than them or do you kind of agree how do you feel about that as pedro say pedro disagrees with me because he put 77 three score right so uh how do you feel about this assessment with miami dolphins and pittsburgh steelers honestly i'm not worried about either one of them um yeah. you know i we've proven against this uh let me get my air quotes going here. This revolutionary and high-flying and genius offense, we've proven it not once, not twice, not three times, but like four separate times we've proven that we can shut this team down in the second half, and they've done it repeatedly, including this last time. So, you know, it's it's nice all the all the numbers and pretty long touchdowns and Tyreek Hill and highlights and everything else, but guess what? We kind of got their number. Uh, so I wasn't really worried about playing Miami a third time. Pittsburgh, I'm even less worried about because they have less firepower than Miami does. And yeah, they got a they got a little bit more of a, a rough and tumble running game, but I mean, again, you're gonna run the ball. 40 times a game, 30, you know, 30 some odd times a game when you're down three scores, probably not. So I'm not really worried about Pittsburgh. I wasn't really worried about Miami. If by some stroke of luck, they beat Kansas city this weekend, I'll be looking forward to that game even more. Um, honestly, the only two teams in the playoffs that I'm really concerned about are Cleveland because of that defense mm -hmm. and Kansas city, because you know, you gotta, you gotta beat them when it counts. And the playoffs is when it counts the most. So once you get, once you can slay that giant, you can kind of put it behind you and move on. So those are the teams I'm worried about in the playoffs. Everybody else is, you know, I, I think we have a, a very good chance uh, at beating, probably better than better than uh, not. And um, I would expect it nothing less. Man, now I'm really curious because when you said two teams, I was pretty sure that Ravens were one of them, and and. To be honest, I feel like you about Cleveland, but the the Baltimore Ravens would be the other one because I feel really like they are this kind of physical team, play tough defense, and 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 I like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback despite he not having huge success against teams in the past, right? And and I feel like they have a well balanced team, and I'm I'm very confident the Bills can this time finally get past the Kansas City Chiefs if. This opportunity arise in this playoffs. Um, I didn't forget about, about the Ravens. I did not forget about the Ravens. I yeah, just so curious, we, man. I feel like we match up very well against Baltimore, um, and we have we kind of had the the advantage in several key matchups um, against them, both on offense and defense. So I didn't forget about them, but I, I do think that we should be, you know, we should be a favorite against Baltimore if we go head to head. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Great, man. Great thought. And so one of the things that I really feared the Pittsburgh Steelers when I was thinking about this parallels with the Miami Dolphins and the possibilities uh, coming playoff time uh, was TJ Watt, obviously. That guy is a game changer playing uh, probably the defensive player of the year, play at a high, high, really high level and can make a lot of game-changing plays, right? And he's out. It's been awesome for the Bills that he's not going to play against the Bills. Um, no. Yeah, but we are also dealing with some injuries, and I have the uh, I have the injury report here. And, and Coach McDermott was speaking just as we started the show, and he talked how he said that Gabe is out, uh, Taylor Rapp is out for this game, right? And we have other guys. Uh, Tyrell Dodson is is Coach McDermott said we will see, right? Tyrell Dodson and and. There are other guys a little bit banged up. How worried are you about not not having those guys out there? Gabe Davis, obviously a team captain. Uh, the, he's been wide receiver two for quite some time now. But last game, Sheffield finally appeared, right, and finally played decently to the point that I uh, I was like, I'm that a person that uh, can't can't wait to move on from Gabe Davis. I can't lie. Okay, sorry, I. Love the guy as a person, hard worker. Love him as wide receiver three, wide receiver four, but as wide receiver two, let's move on. And I was ready to look, give Gabe Davis snaps to Sheffield because he he's uh, he's getting better. He finally showed up. Let's hide the rot, uh, ride the hot hand, right? Right. So, how do you feel about those those guys being out? Taylor Rapp is out. He's another guy. It's a possibility for another guy who I, I was betting this season to, to play well if an opportunity arised. And, and and I felt like Ken Lewis has done that this season in his opportunity to play even better than Rep, despite Rep playing really well last, last week and make the, the game clinching play. How do you see those guys being banged up in this important game for the Bills? Well, I mean, you know, it's next man up. They, they you know, they have to... They... They got to move in. Um, I'll be interested to see if uh, if Elam is active to kind of rotate in um, at corner with Douglas being out if he ends up not playing. Um, you know, Cam Lewis, I think, is going to be able to step in fine uh, in place of Taylor Rapp in, in the packages that he plays in. So, um, I mean, yeah, we have some injuries, but I, I think the the guys that they have behind them are more than capable of, of stepping in for this game. And, you know, if it's going to be a game where you have a couple guys out in the playoffs – this is the one to have it. So don't push them. Let them get the rest for the following week um, and, and kind of go from there. But uh, our injuries are not as much of a concern um, because of the opponent that, that they might be normal. Yeah, man. And that defense, even without TJ Watt, right, they – they have Ken Hayward, they have Kenu Benton, they have Ogunjobi on the defensive line. They are they are a big defensive line. They are physical. They, we, yeah. uh, you are already mentioned Highsmith, who's been playing great, right? I feel like that's uh, the kind of defense that can make make things tougher for offensive line and can avoid what happened to the Cowboys, for example, that the Bills can run the ball easily all game long and it makes things very easy. For offense, I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers with this weather game might be in position to make things harder for our running game and to force Josh to to throw the ball more than the Bills want maybe to do in this kind of weather. Uh, so how here's do you see the situation, man, with those those guys being able to force this yeah, I mean, for the Bills. Here's here's the way I see it: is that you know with with Pittsburgh's strength up front i think what you really want to do if you're joe brady and if you're josh allen and the bills you want to be able to take advantage of the in-between zone uh so you know in the in that linebacker area between the defensive line and the secondary they want to be able to exploit the matchups there to try and get guys in space so 
you know, bubble screens and slip screens and, you know, shallow crossing routes and things like that. Those are going to be all important parts of the game where it's not going to be either run or deep. You know, they're going to have to find that middle ground and be comfortable living there until something opens up further down the field. And, you know, sometimes that's a challenge for Josh. We talked about that before. Um, but he's going to have to, I think, for lack of a, a better term, just stay patient until things um, really open up for him. And if he can do that, I think we're going to be able to move the ball effectively. And then once we get in the red zone, then, you know, be able to pound it in. So it may not be a game where you see a lot of big explosive plays. Um, and we know Josh is a big fan of those. But uh, I think it could be one of those games where we see a lot of uh, longer developing drives. Yeah, man. And, and just like you said, this attacking this part of the field and in a playoff game where we assume they, they, the Steelers will, will try to take digs out as much as they can, it might be a, an important game for Kincaid and, and especially for, for Shakir, who's, has, who's developed really well as this slot guy, right? He's been playing better and better each past week and, and it might be an important game to use those guys even more to game plan for stuff, uh, some stuff for those guys even more this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. And on the other side of the ball, man, uh, we already talked a little bit about uh, Mason Rudolph, obviously, uh, not being a, a huge threat. I think he's done a decent job, obviously, as, as a game cha a game manager and, and avoiding turnovers, right? But with, with this kind of weather and... I, I really don't feel like the Steelers will throw uh, the ball if they they don't need to, right? They would need, really definitely need to throw the ball to start uh, being aggressive with Mason Rudolph, or if they are way behind and are forced to do so, right? Uh, but how about that offensive line in Najee Harris, that run game? How, how, how do you see a path for the Steelers to win this game? We know that the Bills are better. We know that... that uh, we are in a better situation, but if the Steelers are to win this game against Israel, how do you see they doing so? I mean, I think I think from a running game standpoint, they got to try and be able to take advantage of of angles and be able to, you know, get some get yardage when they can, be able to set themselves up to move the ball. I I don't think they're going to be able to do the the big plays. So, you know being able to get in those third and short situations uh, to get a first down and continue drives is going to be important for him. Mason Rudolph, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, he's in a lot of ways, you want to play him the same way that you play Tua. you want to take away the deep shot because he does throw, he does throw a very nice arcing deep ball. And then, you know, you want to take away the middle because he doesn't throw those intermediate out areas with a lot of velocity is one of his big drawbacks coming out of the draft. So, you want to kind of force him into making those type of throws or trying to get downfield at a lower percentage. But you don't. What you don't want to let him do is take advantage of that short and between the hashes intermediate area that will allow his guys to get yardage after the catch, um, which is basically the same game plan for Tua. And I think the way that we do that is that we play, you know, we play tight over the top and then you know try and generate as much pressure as possible. Getting to him is going to be super important. And if we can do that, I think it'll be a very long day for Pittsburgh. Yeah, man. And getting after Mason Rudolph, uh, it goes through our offense, our defensive line, obviously, our fast rushers. And and we've seen recently, two weeks ago, we saw Von Miller inactive, right? And last week against the Dolphins, he was active again. And now now it's playoff time. And there there is no time anymore to... to Give the player snaps to feel better, to get back on, on his best or or your best physical form, etc. So it's our nothing right now. And so if I assume if Von Miller is active, it's because uh Shemek Dermot really believes he's he's able to to impact the game and to help this defense to to play better. Uh, with what we've seen from Vaughn all year long, the last game, and him being inactive two weeks ago, what do you think? What would you do in McDermott's place? Would you keep 
Von Miller active for this game in, in, in a hope that he can flash his old self, he can make a plan a play when you need the most, or you would go with other guys that might be in a better situation physically right now and keep Shaq Lawson for uh, obviously a guy who can play the run really well and have Kingsley Jonathan being a, a wild card in this this pass rusher group since Epineza has been important in the rotation as a pass rusher and, and Groot and Floyd have, have been really great. Yeah, I mean, either I, active or inactive, man. I I think this week I would I would probably leave him inactive. Um, I would I think I I would keep Lawson and, and Kingsley Jonathan in in there, uh, and let Vaughn. You know, he looked like he was kind of limping a little bit maybe uh, last week, so I I would let him rest this one out. Uh, I know it would be a tough call, um, because you want to have that you know that that thread of what he can bring to the table on the other team's mind, but you know if he's not a hundred percent, you don't want you don't want to uh, you know, potentially lose him for the rest of the run. There's uh, hopefully three more games after this. And I think that the guys that you have waiting in the wings behind Vaughn can do, you know, a good enough job uh, to be able to, to get through this game. So I would, I would sit him this week, um, not because of performance or anything, even though he hasn't really performed all year very well, but just uh, for the sake of, of, of health and future planning. Interesting. Interesting. Man, and I want to also talk about this group of best catchers from this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers offense. We know uh, you already talked about Rudolph, about his limitations, but he still can be pretty accurate throwing the middle of the field and, and that deep ball that uh, he was famous for when he came uh, came out during the draft, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for throwing that those deep shots and, and have some big plays. Uh, he has a nice group of pass catchers here with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, uh, even Allen Robinson, who might not be the same Allen Robinson we saw uh, in the beginning of his career with Jaguars and even with the Bears. But still, and Pat Frymuth, right, the, the, the tight end. So it's a well-balanced group, uh, a group that I really believe Comparing to our group, we have Diggs, but then we are now we now have Shakir and Kincaid stepping up. But I think I feel like this group is more well-rounded or maybe more more dependable all around. Uh, it's a dangerous dangerous group. Uh, how do you feel about them doing damage for this Bills defense and 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 with this weather and with this quarterback situation? Sure, I mean I I think that especially the the two main receivers pickens and, and johnson if they obviously you know they're they're both incredible deep threats if you can get them the ball deep um but in that in that intermediate area especially the crossing over the middles and the you know uh, the deep and shallow crosses those those are things that we have to be able to defend and, and keep a lid on because that's where they can hurt you that's where they can keep up with us blow for blow is that if if Rudolph can hit one of those and the guy takes off like we saw the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's it's going to keep it interesting. So I think Fryermuth is kind of a chain mover in the same way that like Dawson Knox can be. He's not quite as dynamic as as I think Kincaid is, but he's kind of in that wheelhouse of, uh, of Dawson Knox or, or slightly better. Um, so he's a valuable target. He's, he's definitely one that you have to account for. Uh, if you're Buffalo and you don't want him to go on these long, uh, time-consuming drives, I think Pittsburgh's name of the game this week is going to be to limit the number of times Josh Allen touches the ball. They don't want him to have the ball in his hands, uh, you know, as as much as any. I guess they want him to have the ball in his hands the least amount of time as possible is the best way to say it. So, uh, if I'm Pittsburgh, I I want to devise a game plan that's going to take advantage of matchups. To try and get his, you know, to try and move the ball down the field methodically, chew clock, and then when there's the opportunity, take a shot to try and, you know, hit a haymaker uh, to put us on our heels. Um, as defensive coordinator, I think Sean McDermott and his staff they know that, and so they have to counter that attack. Uh, and ultimately, I think talent takes over, and we are going to be able to. Uh, do that more often than not to win this game. I, I do think it's one of those games where McDermott's going to want to rely on his defense a lot. 
Um, and we'll see how that affects the, the time possession and a couple other things. But yeah, yeah, yeah man. And, and uh, we talked offense, defense. We don't talk enough special teams sometimes. And the Bills just ended the season with uh, our punter and our kicker playing maybe they, their best football this season, right? And, and especially our returner. It was so good to finally see uh, Deontay Hardy, who I, I've been asking for a long time right now about a, a expo an explosive play from Hardy, and it came in the best time possible, right? Uh, they, they will be able to, to impact this game as well. Those weather games, special teams are huge sometimes, right? It, it's always a wild card in the playoffs, man. Special teams in the playoffs can make you or break you. I mean, we've seen it uh, over and over again over the years. And uh, last week is a, a perfect example. You know, I, I jokingly, I put it out there, I said, worth every penny. Deontay Hardy never had a doubt. You know, we've, mm -hmm. <laughs> we've been talking about how it's, you know, he's, he's kind of been a, a waste of a signing so far up until that point. So, yeah, I mean, special teams, it's, it's, it's three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams are just as important. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we have all our, our T's crossed and I's dotted this week. Man, you know what's funny? Because by week 18, I was that, that set on, on bringing on my old tweets about, look, that's why we had to have sing, sign uh, DeAndre Hopkins. We needed him. Sheffield has been a bust from free agency. Yeah. Hardy has been a bust. And yeah. then week 18 arrives, and we have DeAndre Hopkins making plays for the Bills, right, against yep. the Jaguars. And we have Sheffield and Hardy making the best plays also uh, to help the Bills get in the playoffs. So at the end of the day, it seems everything worked properly for the Bills, and, and Brendan Bean knew best, right? He, he yeah. knew better than me. Yeah. Trent Sheffield never had a doubt, right? Never, <laughs> never had a doubt. Yeah, it was all planned. All planned. Yeah. <laughs> Bills Mafia, hit that like button, subscribe to Buffalo Rumbly's channel. Check out also Apple Podcast, Spotify. This, this episode is available there. Uh, Randy, I have some comments here in the comment section. My, my, my guys from Brazil also commenting here, all right? And... I have an, uh, one interesting comment here that I, I want to bring. It's from Marcel. His, uh, his name is not out there. It's Os Irmãos Sapequinhas. It means like the, 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 the saucy uh, little brothers, okay? <laughs> the translation for that. All so right. Marcel, is his, uh, uh, Marcel is their father, right? And he commented here, Harris has improved a lot in the last four games, maybe running between the tackles, which is our flower. Um, I, I feel like he means he, or, or weakness, right? right. Uh, I want to put some contest on here, uh, Randy, because we have a color commentator here in Brazil. I won't, I won't call, I, I refuse to call him an analyst, all right? So I will tell you a color commentator, all right? And, and, he was criticizing the Bills, and he he was on one. Actually, he kind of copied the comments from U.S. that the Bills wouldn't make the playoffs in the beginning of the year, right? And he stuck to them all year long, and he said that the Denver Broncos would make the playoffs and the Bills wouldn't. So he 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 died in that on that hill, all right. But one of his his opinions about the Bills, one of the the, the reasons he disliked the Bills. He used it to say, or he continues to say, that the Bills' defense is bad, right? And and he says the Bills' defense is bad because they were the 28th ranked against the run, according to him, and it, they were a bad defense. And he said the Bills' defense was playing well. He said, the, uh, sorry, he said the Bills' defense was playing badly against the Dolphins because the run game from the Dolphins was working. Yeah, it's crazy. Just like I told you, it's a color commentator. Not an analyst, okay? But anyways, so some people believe the Bills' defense is weak against the run, and I totally disagree, and I tell people all the time about how McDermott's defenses work and how he's, he's okay with people running the ball as long as they, they enter third-down situation and you have an opportunity to get out of the field. So 
they kind of control the, the their other team's run game. They that's the reason they never get out of nickel defense. They they always defend more against the pass and the big play than against the run. As long as people are running for three yards and or or they will have some big runs here and there, but as long as you can get out of the field, McDermott will be fine with you running the ball. I feel like the Bills defense and the way McDermott sees defense kind of fits in this mode, you know? So, what could you tell people about this this comment about Harris? And I really like Harris and I really respect the Pittsburgh Steelers run game, but I don't feel like the Bills have a weakness against the run. I feel like it's totally controlled. And here and there we'll have some problems against some uh, strong run games, but I don't feel it's a weakness. How do you feel about it, Randy? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I, I think some people are being a little bit of a prisoner of the moment in a certain aspect. I mean, we don't uh, – so Miami was effectively running the ball in the first half, but as I mentioned, the second half kind of went away. Uh, in terms of Pittsburgh, pull up Najee Harris. You see that the last two weeks he's gotten over 100 yards. However, last week against the Ravens, Week 18 can be a, a bit of a liar sometimes because they played a lot of backups and Baltimore basically conceded that game. So those 26 carries for 112 yards looks nice on paper, but uh, with the context of the game, um, I don't think it's as impressive as maybe some people might think. Uh, I think Najee Harris can be a capable back, but he's a volume back. Uh, if you look over the course of the season, and I got that pulled up over here. So, you know, they were basically kind of, it looks like they were doing a committee because he didn't, you know, he didn't top 20 carries a game until the last two games of the season where he had 27 and 26 carries. So, I mean, I get it. I think historically we've kind of struggled a little bit um, with the run over the past in this McDermott era, but I'm not concerned about it being like an Achilles heel type thing where it's going to be the running game is what's going to break us. They're going to have to throw the ball to loosen up the run game to be able to make plays. And I don't think they're going to be able to do it very effectively. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. I, I really feel like, just like I told you before, there were some games where we saw, okay, that windstorm game that I already mentioned here against the Patriots where they run the ball all game long and we never – uh really controlled it or, or... actually there was there was a big run by Harris and other than that they kind of controlled that run game but still and there were other games under McDermott where we had a tough time to stop the run against the Saints I remember against the Jets I remember one against the Chargers well, the the most notable one is the Kansas City game where they they yeah. were bound and determined not to let Mahomes beat him over the top and they ended up running it. How many times did they run it that game? Forty some odd times or something for like two hundred plus yards. I mean, it was they just got you know stampeded over, uh, and that's really been the, like the worst rushing defense performance that we've ever had. Um, but aside from that, I mean, I think here and there there have been issues of you know some holes in the run fits where somebody gets loose once or twice. But I mean, I, overall, here and there a lot of things happen, right? Here yeah, and there, you will be blown out here and there. A lot of stuff can happen here and there. So I feel like it's not a weakness also. I, I believe the Bills uh, are more worried with the passing game normally than the running game because that's how the the, the football is played nowadays. That's how the game is, is, is played nowadays. But I feel like it's all controlled. I know I, I there are fewer times where I, I look at it and I feel like, Oh, the Bills lost control. They can't stop the run. No, it seems like they are controlling the game. They are making other other offenses get into 
that third down situation where the Bills have an opportunity to get out of the field. I, I really feel like this about this Bills defense. Yeah. Oh, and and I feel like we we need to mention we this year we met, we faced the Raiders with the 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 league's uh, rushing champion from a year ago, early in the year, and we held him for negative yards or a few yards, less than 10 yards. I remember negative yards on, at the halftime. So uh, it's not a performance that you can do if your defense is uh, a poor run, run defense, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, keep in mind that yards are one thing. Yards are, you know, kind of sometimes they make headlines, oh, so he threw for how many yards or he passed or he ran for how many yards or whatever. But it's about points. Mm-hmm. It's about touchdowns surrendered and touchdowns gained. And going into our defensive statistics here, I can pull up that opponent touchdowns per game is two. That ranks number six in the league. Yeah. So, so if Yards were the, the uh, Tua would be the, the, the best quarterback in the league, according to yeah. Yards. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, offensively, we score 3.2. On average, which is good for number six in the league, so we score more than we surrender. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some people just need to—they want to prove a point so badly that they pick whatever they can, you know. And that's the situation with our our dear color analyst that we have here in Brazil. Well, but, and that's, that's the joy of numbers: is that you can make stats and numbers say whatever you want based on whatever your perspective agenda may be. So a guy like, I know somebody mentioned that this guy is like your country's Nick Wright. He can he can take a specific set of numbers and stats and say, oh, look, in this range, you know, Josh has been bad. Like, this is why I don't trust Josh. Completely ignoring the whole picture. You yeah. know, the bigger picture that says, this guy is one of the most dangerous players in the league, and if you catch him on a heater, you're in big, big trouble. You know, 100%. so 100%. I, I'm not a statistician at all, but I know enough to know that you can manipulate numbers to say whatever you want them to, which is why in some respects, I I, I like using stats to prove a point. And in other respects, I, I kind of take it with a huge grain of salt when people are leaning really heavily into the numbers because uh, they don't tell the whole story. The game is played on the field. It's not played on a stat sheet. It's not played on a spreadsheet. It's played on the field. Yeah, totally, man. And ready to close it out. And, and it's uh, still in this subject. Uh, we talked about Josh. We talked about numbers, right? And I want to hear from you about this MVP because I, I believe, uh, despite Bill Smartha is still trying to make a case for Josh with his crazy production, his total touchdown numbers, right? And, and this winning streak, the Bills with the seed too. It seems like Lamar Jackson is the favorite to to get the, the the award again, right? The second time in his career, and and it's probably happening, right? But there are a lot of stuff, a lot of crazy stuff happening because, for example, Pro Football Focus just uh, picked their all pro teams, right? And they had Lamar Jackson as the first team quarterback and, and Josh Allen the second team quarterback. And when you look at Pro Football Focus' own rating, who's the best quarterback in the league according to their rating? That we we know every people a lot of people say we can't trust Pro Football Focus rating. It it's it doesn't matter and things like that. But they have their own system. They graded Josh the best quarterback in the league. But they picked Lamar Jackson as the first team of pro quarterback over Josh. What I can't explain. I don't know how profitable focus. Oh, it's 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 easy to explain. If anybody's ever told you that wins aren't a quarterback stat, they're lying to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, while I fully understand that it's a team game and that the quarterback is not responsible for the majority, you know, of of the reason for why a team wins or loses a game, I get all that. I, you know, I've li- I've listened to the whole Bruce Bruce exclusive breakdown of all that. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I know where he's coming from, and I respect his opinion. Uh, but in terms of media and the way that they view players, wins are absolutely a quarterback stat. It's a factor in the MVP. It's a factor in All Pros. It's a factor in Pro Bowls. It's a factor in everything. When they talk about elite players, they're not just talking about their own individual performance. They're talking about their team record, and 
That's why the MVP, people, you know, Lamar Jackson, is in the conversation because his team's a number one seed. But has he been the most valuable player, you know, in the league? No, he's been the most valuable player for Baltimore because they don't have Mark yeah. Andrews this year, you know. But they, he's not the MVP. All right. If anything, and a lot of people want to discredit this guy because of the system that he plays in. But he's been operating the system at the most elite level of anybody that's played in it in recent memory, and that's Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, who's got the Niners as the one seed, and who is number one. He's number one. I don't have the chart pulled up, but he's number one in like QBR and all these a couple EPA, different right? Yeah, EPA, yeah. something like that. He's number one in like several different high end categories that are usually indicative of who wins the MVP. So if you want to talk about the MVP, it really should be between three guys, and that's Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and the leader in the clubhouse should be Brock Purdy. It should be Brock Purdy, and all respect to him, that's a hell of a story going from last pick in the draft to MVP, isn't it? And a Super Bowl appearance against the Bills where he comes up just a little bit short would kind of be the icing on the cake, right? Uh, I, in my opinion, I think it's between Josh and, and Purdy. Um, I think Josh accounts for – so much of the of the team's offense that it's hard to ignore him in the conversation. The fact that he's got, you know, over 40 offensive touchdowns on the year, uh, you can't to discredit that because of turnovers. Of course, he's going to have turnovers. The ball is in his hands more than any other player on the team. You know, it's going to happen. But they still they're the number two seed despite all that. He's got 40 plus touchdowns. He should definitely be in the conversation. Yeah, man, I totally agree. I. I... I feel like Josh already has a couple of seasons where he put up MVP performances and unfortunately he didn't win. One year Aaron Rodgers was also awesome and it was a toss-up between two they, two of them and, and unfortunately Aaron won it. And I even felt that year he deserved uh, Josh deserved the kind of uh Peyton Manning Steve McNair treatment. Remember when they shared an MVP, they were co-MVP. Yep. And I felt that year Josh deserved it. And this year, man, I, I really believe, again, he deserves it. There is a lot of, uh, lately, there are a lot of people trying to put a lot of stuff on Josh and calling him out and saying he should have played better. He should have throw, thrown the ball better in some situations and stuff like that. But I feel like no player is put under a microscope like Josh Allen in the league, you know, and, 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 it's difficult to to expect or to demand for a guy who has the ball all the time, just like we said, demand perfection, right? It's yeah, it's, it's unfair, and and I I can't see other guy who does more, all right, uh, for his team than Josh. That's why I, he's my MVP, obviously. But well, you know, ultimately. The, the criticism that Josh gets is kind of one of those heavy as the head situations, you know. He's got the crown of, of being this, you know, this ultimate playmaker guy uh, for better or for worse. So every time he makes, I mean, he's a human highlight reel. He's a touchdown machine. They want to talk about a turnover machine. He's a friggin' touchdown machine. He's, he yeah. scores all the time. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, yeah, there's, there's an inherent risk reward when you're that explosive of a player. Sometimes, you know, things don't go your way, but. I, I think he's he's a guy that should be in that conversation every year, and this year is no doubt. I mean, he has been uh, explosive, especially yeah, down the stretch. 100%, man. I agree. Uh, I just want to address Pedro here, who sent a question. Pedro, we already talked about this, those struggles with McDermott and how he has changed recently. We are, uh, we are really hopeful that he can continue this way just like he has done against the Chiefs against the Dolphins and closing out game games with his defense and being more aggressive and Randy thank you so much man for taking your time joining us today again you know that the leading the charge door is always wide open for you to to join us and talk some ball always a blast to talk some ball with you enjoy it I hope you enjoyed us as more as uh, as I did and as obvious mafia did thank you so much man no, thank you, man. Always always a pleasure to be on. Appreciate it. Awesome. Bills Mafia will be back 
uh, on Sunday in Portuguese for Bills Mafia in Brazil, Latin America and all Portuguese-speaking countries with the post-game show, hopefully talking about a big-time win against the Steelers, right? And thank you so much for joining us today. Hit that like button, subscribe, and see you around. Thank you so much. Go Bills. Go Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.